As we gather to worship, we need to prepare ourselves to sing, to listen, to pray, and to respond. Are we prepared to be surprised? Are we prepared to experience sudden joy? The shepherds were doing what they had always done, watching over their flocks by night when suddenly there appeared an angel with good news of great joy. They were shocked, surprised, intrigued, and some might even say tickled pink. This good news of joy was for all their people out there, follow up to the major and amazement and praise. They told everyone about it, and God was glorified. On this third Sunday's Advent, we light the pink candle of joy. We are challenged this season to share hospitality with strangers. In doing so, we may be surprised at the angels among us. We may not even realize who they are, but we will feel joy, gladness, and a sense of fulfillment and honor as we extend hospitality. The window of Zarephath opened her home and her table to the prophet Elijah, the last of her flower and oil shared in obedience, righteously and joyfully sustained them for many days until the rains came again. The young boy among the 5,000 shared his loaves and fish, then joyfully watched the blessing and the sharing and the gathering of 12 baskets of leftovers from his little lunch. Matthew 14, 13, 21. What joy has for those who love, share, and care. For others, our sharing may be disguised as time waiting in a long line at the store. Eye contact with a stranger, a coworker, or a neighbor. Pausing to listen, move at a slower pace. Our sharing may include a growing anticipation that this season will not make us blue with melancholy or green with envy, red with anger, or white with fear. Rather, what God has in store when we are kind to strangers makes us tickled pink with joy, for we have entertained angels without even realizing it. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you, you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Hebrews thirteen sixteen. A generous person will be enriched, and one who gives water will get water. Be prepared for what God has in store. We give glory to God for joy. Don't be afraid, Zachariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife Elizabeth will have a son, and you will name him John. John will, he will be a great man. 
He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will prepare the people for their Lord. What proof is there for this? I'm an old man. I am Gabriel. God sent me to tell you this good news. Because you didn't believe what I said, you will be unable to talk until this day happens. And Zechariah could not speak as the angel had told him. Elizabeth became pregnant and did not go out into public for five months. Sing Silent Night. Six months after Elizabeth had become pregnant, God sent the angel Gabriel to visit Mary. When the angel entered her home, he said, you are favored by the Lord. The Lord is with you. Don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will become pregnant, give birth to a son, and name him Jesus. He will be a great man and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. Your king will be your son will be king of Jacob's people forever and his kingdom will never end. How can this be? The Holy Spirit will come to you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the holy child developing inside you will be called the son of God. I am uh, the Lord. <laughs> Elizabeth your relative. Six months pregnant with a son in her old age. People said she couldn't have a child. But nothing is impossible for God. I am the Lord, so whatever you need, you have said to me happen. Then the angel left her. 
And so Mary was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Joseph was planning to divorce her quietly, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is, is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you will give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife and gave him the name Jesus. Everyone welcome our shepherds. <laughs> All right, ready? Are you ready? There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory, Glory to God, God in the, the highest heaven, heaven and on God earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about.
Didn't they do a great job today? We want to thank our preschoolers for coming in and being our shepherds, our children for being the angels that they always are, right? <laughs> so thank you for letting us have a kids, a kids takeover. We uh, took over today's service and just they wanted to proclaim the good news. We've been studying the city of angels back in the back, and so um, they wanted you guys to see what they've been learning. So. We hope that you enjoyed their program part, but they are not done yet. So we're going to stay in here, and they thought you guys should hear their lesson. Is that fair? Yeah. So before I get started, though, I just want to say a special thanks to our, uh, all of our teachers that have helped put this together, all the parents for you guys bringing your kids, for practicing at home, hearing that song probably a, no less than a thousand times a day. Uh, we know that that can get tiresome, but it obviously worked. They learned it and they did great. Uh, I just want to thank Pastor uh, Doug, Pastor Brandon for all their work helping us pull this together and narrating. Uh, I also want to make a special note that during the program one of the uh, graphics was made by our very own Serenity Ekman. She wanted to share some different talents that she has in her art, artis artistic uh, rendition of Joseph and the angel talking to him. And I also just want to thank uh, Christina, who was the assistant director for the program, and for Vicki, who wrote the program and directed it. Uh, it takes an entire team to pull this off, to get our kids uh, in here and out, and so I just want to thank all those that helped put this together. It definitely was a great team effort, and back in the back, there's still some of the people that switched around so our parents could be in service. So I appreciate all those that were willing to switch. And so since they're not listening now, they may be listening later, uh, we thank you for, for the sacrifices everybody makes so that our kids can learn all about Jesus, right? Yeah. All right, so as part of our takeover, again, we're learning about angels. So we want to hear all about the angels but to get started, I have a couple things, because uh, in kids' ministry, we use props, right? So we're going to use the props just like normal. Uh, my assistant, if you would bring me my wings, and I need two kids that are willing to come on up and help me. How about Dean and Austin? Would you two come up and help me? They're going to aid me. I have some wings, and as you see... These wings are plain. They are just a set of angel wings, right? There is a secret message for them to uncover. So if you guys would get down here, color in the wings as best as you can, and below here, and see if you can unravel that message as fast as you can. Scribble, scribble all over. Just color it in. Maybe get down in here for me and down in here. Just down in here. Start down here. <laughs> see if you can unravel that message really hard. Scribble, scribble. Might have needed a couple more people here. <laughs> yeah, keep, keep scribbling all here and all through here. As I said, in kids' ministry, we have lots of props because kids learn from visual aids, and so hopefully you guys also learn from visual aids. I know I do. I'm a visual person, so I love using props, which is probably why I was so well-suited for children's ministry. All right, down here, there's something right here. Quick, quick, quick. I don't know if our message is going to come through like I had hoped. No. 
also happens in kids' ministry. You always have those epic fails, right? All right. Do you think you guys could figure it out and tell me what it, you think it might say? Yeah? We'll go a few seconds longer here. All right, right here. All right. All right, that's good. You guys can take your markers down to Sean. All right, so I don't know if you can see it. It's, it's kind of revealed here. There is a do not fear in here. It did not come out like we thought. The watercolor worked better, but I didn't want to be bringing all kinds of water paints in here. So, all right. So, do not fear is today's secret message. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember the message last week, but that's our message for this week. Uh, so, why do you think the secret message is do not fear? Do not fear anything. That's right. Did you guys happen to notice that in every one of the skits, the angels said that, right? They said, do not fear or don't be afraid. Some, some form of that, right? All of the angels wanted people to know, do not be afraid. Hmm. I think there's a theme going on there, but let's keep going. Let's see if we can figure out some more. All right, so I'm going to ask you guys a series of questions. This is a game we play in the back with the kids, and you guys are going to um, play along with us, okay? So I'm going to give you a scenario and then two options, and you pick the one you like best. And those of you online, I'm expecting you to raise your hand at home also. All right, so here we go. This first scenario is it's nighttime in the city because we're doing City of Angels. So we're pretending we're in the inner city. It's dark, and you're walking home at night. Would you rather take a long way and go a half an hour out of your way that's better lit and all that, or would you rather cut through a dark alley and get home in 10 minutes? So your choice is, who would rather go the half hour route? Okay, some of you. Who would rather just get home 10 minutes, dark alley, no big deal? Of course the kids would say that, right? <laughs> Good job, kids. <laughs> All right, second scenario. If you're traveling through the city on your public transportation, that's going to be like your subway, you're going through um, the subway, uh, or, wait a minute, you're traveling through, and the, okay, that's what it is. You're traveling on tr public transportation, and it breaks down. If you're on public transportation, would you rather it be the subway that you break down in or public bus? All right, subway, who would rather break down in the subway where you're underneath the ground? Not too many subway. Okay, let's try it again. Who wants to be in the bus. Ooh, bus definitely has it on that one. All right, last scenario, last scenario. You're in a skyscraper, because remember we're in the city, so you're in those big, tall buildings, all right? And something terrifying is happening. Would you rather it be a minor earthquake, or would you rather be in the skyscraper in the top elevator stuck for 20 minutes? Okay. Ready? Those earthquake, fast and over, those 20 minutes in an elevator. Ooh, most people, it looks like elevator has it. All right. Well, most of you probably decided on your choice based on what you're more afraid of. Right? So we think about our fears and we make our options based off our fear. I know for me, 
true confessions here. The elevator doesn't bother me. The earthquake doesn't so much bother me. But make me ride on an escalator, I'm done. <laughs> that would be my big fear. <laughs> All right. So let's dig into the scripture now that we know a little bit about fear and see maybe why they might have been afraid. All right. So our second skit was Gabriel talking to Mary, right? And Mary was told, don't be afraid. Okay, so let's see. Mary's being told that she's going to bear a baby, and she's not quite married, and all these difficult things are going to happen. And she, he says, don't be afraid. Hmm, what do you think about that? I think that as Mary was hearing this news, her focus wasn't on the fact that she was going to bear a child and she wasn't married. Her thought was, I'm going to bear a baby? You mean I'm going to bear the baby? You know, the one, the Messiah? Yeah. So I think that's what the, the angel wanted Mary to focus on. You're going to bear the Messiah. So Mary's life was certainly going to change, right? Any baby makes a life change, right? I, got, I know there's some new parents in here. Babies change everything. <laughs> but she wasn't bearing any baby. She was bearing the baby. So she definitely faced some trials, right? She definitely had some cause to be a little bit scared. In those times, that was a scary thing to be an unwed mother. And so that brings us to today's big idea. Jesus calms our fears. Can you guys say that with me? Jesus calms our fears. All right. So when we know what God's plan is, we can understand that we don't need to be afraid. So let's talk a little bit more about what that means to know what God's plan is. Because that sounds confusing, right? Yeah, I think sometimes that seems a little bit hard to understand. So let's dig into that a little bit. Uh, as I dig into that, I want to tell a quick story. And it's about some fears I used to have. Uh, a while back, I was afraid because my mom was facing surgery. They wanted to do surgery on her head, on, on her brain, and I was frightened. I was not ready to lose my mom. You know, moms are everything to most of us. And my mom was my everything. And I was scared. But you know, my mom's attitude was so good, she reminded me that Jesus was in control and that God was going to take care of it. And even if he took her home, she was going home to be with Jesus. And she was excited about that possibility, which at first made me a little bit frustrated because I wasn't ready to let her do that. <laughs> but she reminded me the second part of that. Someday I was going to join her and that it was going to be okay and that if she had to go away, that God would be with me. And that the memories that, and the lessons she had taught me would stay with me. And so focusing on Jesus and the plan he had for my life, in spite of whatever plan he had for her life, helped me to not be so scared. So you guys can focus on things that Jesus can do for you so you don't have to be scared. All right, so let's uh, dig into the scripture because we want to learn a little bit more from Mary. I think she has more to tell us. So in Luke 46 through 55, it talks about how Mary 
just because, because of Jesus, she was filled with joy, and it was greater than her fear. So the scripture says, And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. And he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. And, or for he who is mighty has done great things for me. And holy is my name, or his name, excuse me. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich has been sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. And he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his offspring forever. All right, so what can we learn from that? Boy, there's a lot of words in there, weren't there? Was that a lot of words? I know, sometimes when I read the scripture, I'm like, whew, a lot of words. So I got to break it down. So I'm going to break it down for you guys. There was five things I saw in there I think you should be aware of. The first thing we want to notice is Mary knew her scripture. She knew God personally. And we can know that because that prayer that I just read from Mary That prayer is in the same format that Hannah from the Old Testament prayed when she was excited that she was going to have Samuel. Do you guys remember that story? Yeah. So Hannah couldn't have a baby, and she asked God for one, and he gave her one. And so she was super excited, and so she said a thank you prayer. It was in a very similar format. So if Mary didn't know her scripture, she wouldn't have known that. So clearly, she knew God. So that's the first thing we want to look at in the scripture. Jesus calms our fears because when we know him, so we need to know him personally. The second thing that we can see in the first two parts of that, in 46 and 47, she is magnifying the Lord. She's using words of praise and adoration towards God. She said, my soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. So she's proclaiming to those who are listening. This verse, she is talking to um, Elizabeth because, oh, I forgot that part. So as soon as she heard the good news, she pretty quickly ran off to see Elizabeth. She wanted to see what was going on. Remember the story of Elizabeth got heard that she was having the baby? So she went to see her cousin, Elizabeth. And so she's telling Elizabeth this, and she's proclaiming this good news. She's telling this other woman that God is amazing. Now, if I were running to see my cousin, and I were probably going to have this baby and was, had been dropped this news, I could be tempted to go to her and go, what is going on? What is going to happen? I'm going so scared. There's all these things. And just, you know, this list of worries. But she didn't. Her worst, first words were proclamations of magnifying God and appraising him and glorifying him and just telling him how, telling Elizabeth how amazing God is. Not fear. And so God had calmed her fears in a way that she could proclaim that good news. And he would like us to do that. We see in this scripture that the good news of Jesus um, came through because she had a humble heart. We see that it says, because he has looked with favor 
on the humble condition of his servant. Mary wasn't saying, I'm going to be the mother of the Messiah. This is great. She said, I'm not worthy to do this. This isn't a thing on me. I do things. I make bad choices. I didn't always listen to my mom. I hit my brother the other day. I mean, she's just like a regular person. Yet, God chose her for this big thing. Last week in Kids Church, remember we learned that God has a purpose. God has a plan. And so he had a plan for Mary. And so her humble heart was willing to walk in his plan. And so she didn't have to be afraid. Jesus' plan calmed her. The next thing we look at is she goes on to talk about his mercies in all generations and all the mighty deeds he did and goes on and on about all the good things he did. So she had a thankful heart. Last month we talked a lot about thankfulness, right? We heard all about being thankful. Uh, so a thankful heart was helpful to Mary, having that kind of, of um humbleness in her so that she could worry about being in God's purpose. She wanted to focus on the blessing within the turmoil. In other words, she was, oh, you guys, when you, what you, were you learning about thanks living? Or weren't you? No? <laughs> okay. <laughs> you guys are learning about thanks living, so it goes in line. She was learning about the blessings within those turmoils that she had, and she had a calming heart. I know our kids use these things called calming jars. You guys ever seen them? So they're, uh, there's water and oil and stuff, and you shake them up, and the glitter goes all over, and it gets all kinds of fun looking. And so instead of dealing with the turmoil, it's kind of like you agitate the calming jar, and suddenly all the stuff goes over. And when you focus on the glitter, like we're wearing today, right, and all over the place, if you focus on that glitter going throughout that jar, your brain can reset and it can be focused on the thing it's supposed to be on instead of the fact that the jar is being agitated, right? So that calming jar can bring calmness and Jesus brings that to our life. He doesn't always make things perfect. We all have troubles, right? We all still have to go take tests every day at school, right? Yeah, he didn't take the tests away. We still have those tests we have to study for. We still have that annoying brother, that annoying sister bugging us. We still have that mean kid at school. God doesn't take away the things, but he helps us. We don't have to be afraid. All right, the fifth thing that we have to, or that we want to learn from here is joy in God is fulfilling, excuse me, the joy in God is fulfilling his promise. So God fulfilled his promise. Do you guys remember the promise he made? At the end of that, it talks about um, how He's remembering his mercy to Abraham. Do you remember Abraham? I know it's been a few months since we talked about Abraham. Yeah, Abraham took his son Isaac. He took him to the altar, and God had said, sacrifice him on that altar. Whew, that would be scary. Right, moms and dads? It's very scary. Yet when he got there, God provided a ram, and he did not have to sacrifice his son. But God said, I am providing you with that sacrifice. And later, God provides us with the sacrifice we need, right? He provided us with the ram that would forgive our sins. Who was that? Can you get kids tell me who that was? Who's the sacrifice? Just say it out. Who's the sacrifice that we needed? Jesus. 
Yeah, that's right. Jesus. Jesus calms our fears because he came to be our Messiah. And that's what Mary focused on, that Jesus calmed her fears because he was fulfilling that promise that she knew about from Scripture that was promised way back at the beginning of the Bible. The story of Abraham happened in Genesis. Remember when we learned the books of the Bible? There's a whole lot of books between Genesis all the way to the New Testament to Matthew, right? It's a lot of books. It means there was a long period of time that they had to wait all that time for the Messiah to come. And sometimes we get impatient, but Jesus can calm our fears because we know he keeps those promises. All right, I have an object lesson for you guys. My assistant, you can hand me a mic, thank you. How about Aiden and Brantley? Can you guys come forward? All right, so yesterday, you guys want to, one on each side, hold it up way high. One, you come on this side, you go on that side, hold it up way high. Kind of face that way and turn through so that everyone can see that. All right, you like turn this way too so they see that way. All right, so one side, uh, you can see quite well on the dark side, you can see it says, I am afraid of, and the kids yesterday provided me with things they're afraid of, and so I wrote them down. The thing is, the white side says the exact same thing. These are duplicates. So can you read the side on the white, Aiden? Yeah, you can still read it. I don't know if you guys can see it back there, but it's still readable, but it's faint. But the dark side is easy to read, right? The dark and the light makes it easy. All right, thank you guys. Can you give that back to Mr. Sean? All right, so whenever we're afraid, we can turn to Jesus. Jesus can calm our fears. Now, like the poster, that doesn't mean our fears disappear. The dark side is when we have fear. The light side shows when we know that Jesus is in control. The fear, the thing we are afraid of don't always disappear, but they're less and they're easier to manage because they fade away when we know Jesus. So even in the face of fear, we can gain courage knowing that Jesus takes care of us. Jesus takes care of us. Remember that, okay? And he gives us people who will walk with us Whenever we're afraid, like your moms and your dads, your small group leaders, your pastors, and all of you, you have one another. You're there for one another. I have one last scripture I want to read in Isaiah 35, 1 through 4. So as we're talking about our fears fading away, I want to see in this scripture, again, Isaiah, it says, The desert and dry land will become happy. The desert will be glad and will produce flowers. Like a flower, it will have many blossoms. It will show its happiness as if it is shouting uh, with joy. It will be beautiful like the forest of Lebanon. It will be as beautiful as the hill of Carmel and the plain of Sharon. All people will see the glory of the Lord, and they will see the splendor of our God. Make the weak hands strong. Make the strong, uh, weak knees strong. Say to people who are afraid and confused, be strong and don't be afraid. Look, your God will come and he will punish your enemies. He will make them pay for the wrongs they did. 
he will come and save you. So we hear this verse. Oh, did I get to the end? Yeah, he will come and save you. We get to the end of that, and we realize that was from Isaiah. Who remembers where the book of Isaiah is? Is that after Jesus is born? No. Good job, Aiden. It is not. It is before. Isaiah is earlier in the Bible, and Isaiah was talking to the people of Israel who were in captivity, but they didn't lose their focus on who God was and that he was sending a Messiah. They stayed focused. And so this passage was given to them to encourage them. And he says the exact things that were said later, do not be afraid. We don't have to be afraid because all the good things that were listed there, it's going to happen. So Jesus came and saved us, and Jesus is going to come again so that we can be reunited with God, our Father. But now we know that Jesus is here and he can live in our hearts. All right, so whether it's the human news like Isaiah gave or whether it's the news from Gabriel, all the news works together to help people know that Jesus calms our fears. So if you guys would say your memory verse with me, it's Luke 2.10. Okay, repeat after me. Be the, an- or, me, be the angel, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Luke 2.10. So all month they've been working on that verse because God calms your fears and Jesus is going to be there for us, right? Yes. All right. So... Now that we know that Jesus calms our fears, we need to think in terms of the fears that we have right now. I don't know what your fears are. I know that this season sometimes brings some uh, troublesome things to mind. Sometimes we've lost people or different things or trying to get all your tests done before break. Whatever it is, I want you to think of your greatest fear right now. And then I want you to think how God can perform a miracle over that. Because what we want to understand is we want our joy to be greater than our fear. So how can you make your joy greater than your fear? So if this Christmas season you're looking for God to perform a healing because you have pain or you have sickness or some, put uh, healing on the papers that you'll find at the ends of your pews. There's some note cards. Get those out. Start passing those down. Get those note cards out, and we're going to record what we need from Jesus today. We want to write it down, because when we write it down, it makes it more real and helps us to increase that joy so that it lessens our fear. So I want you to think of it, whatever that may be in your life today, write it down. This is only for you. Nobody else is going to look at it, but after you're done, in a moment, I will be asking you guys to bring it up and we're going to lay it in the manger we're going to give it to jesus so that he takes on our fear and we can experience that joy we're going to let the kids go first and we're going to get some music here in a moment um but uh on your paper like i said if you need healing write pain uh, if you need if you have pain or if you need to have surgery or something write pain if you um i'm trying to think i had a whole list of things my brain with too many things with the kids today but whatever you're looking for i know some of them oh so 
some of them were looking at the darkness scares them, bright light. Whatever your fear is, if you're looking, if scary movies make you frightened, put happy movies, uh, Christmas movies, they always are better. Whatever it is in your life, that thing that you need to give to Jesus, write it on your heart.